Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Welcome to Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Michelle Lombardi. I'm one of the directors of primary care at Wessex LMC's and I've got Amelia with me today. Uh, Welcome, Amelia. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. Hi, thank you, Michelle. Um, So my name is Amelia and I'm the operational service lead at um, Malmesbury Primary Care Centre. We're a surgery in Wiltshire. We have around 16,500 patients um, and we're in a very rural area with a predominantly elderly population. Brilliant. Thank you. Welcome, Amelia. So today we're going to talk a bit about the General Practice Improvement Programme, so GPIP. This is something that's being offered by NHS England and uh, promoted by ICBs to help uh, practices in the development of the modern general practice concept. So Amelia very kindly came to our innovations conference back in July along with Dr Zoe Fox, who is the co-clinical primary care transformation lead at NHSE and also is a a GP. So I completely understand the challenges that general practice are facing and both came to present on the topic of GPIP. um, And we thought it would be really useful to get Amelia back as she can talk about what it felt like to be um, undertaking the programme in her practice and to share some of that learning with practices that may not have been able to attend our innovations conference. So before we um, chat about the project that was undertaken in Amelia's practice, I thought it would be quite useful to give a bit of context around the general practice improvement programme. So I am going to call it GPIP because it's such a mouthful. So just to shorten it. Um, So this was introduced as a consequence of the delivery plan for recovering access to primary care and it offers practices some transformation support. When Zoe talks a bit about this pro- this project, she also highlights the fact that actually NHS England have offered transformation support for a number of years. Um, however, it's in different forms, but currently um, the form that's being offered is GPIP. And there are three different levels that can be accessed depending on the need of the practices. And it's probably worth mentioning there are two two programmes. One is uh, for practices and the other is for PCNs. I believe they're completely separate programmes. So today we're going to talk a bit about the practice programme, as um, Amelia has mentioned. Um, Just quickly, the three offers that are available currently. uh, One is the universal offer, which is webinars on key areas, particularly around demand and capacity, navigation and triage. And practice workload. There are some other areas within that, but practices can sign up for those. Um, and then there's two others. So the intermediate offer, which is hands-on support with 13 weeks of support from a facilitator, and intensive offer, which is 26 weeks of support with a facilitator. Now those both the last two you can practices can sign up for an introductory webinar to find out a bit more about those um, elements. So probably also worth just mentioning there is some funding available for practice to undertake the GPIP programme, which is up to a 13,500, which can be accessed depending on the offer which you have identified. Okay, moving on to the uh, interesting section around what Amelia has undertaken in her practice. So as Amelia has mentioned, um, around her geography is rural and um, 16,500 patients. I wonder, Amelia, would it be possible just to describe how how this came about for your practice um, being involved in the GPIP programme? Yes, so I joined the surgery um, as a new team member and a new manager. Uh, predominantly looking after the reception team. Uh, They never had a reception manager before and there were a lot of improvements that needed to be made around signposting and care navigation. 
So I was quite lucky. One of our GP partners here at the surgery is a facilitator for the primary care transformation team. He told me about the programme and suggested that I signed up for it. So I did. Fantastic. So out of interest, so it sounds like you're in a new role um, and you wanted to look at different ways of working. So that clearly had an influence on the, the identif- how you identified the projects you wanted to um, implement as a consequence. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And out of interest, what projects have you have you completed? Yeah, so we um, when we went when I went into the program, the GPIP program, the main thing we were struggling with is the same as all surgeries. Really, we were struggling with having a huge rate of demand for appointments and nowhere near enough capacity um, to meet that. We've been collecting data on how many patients we were turning away each week without an appointment or an appropriate solution. And it was around 200 patients a week. Um, So we knew we had to improve our signposting and really implement care navigation where we hadn't had it in this surgery before um, as part of a plan to get the patient seen or at least directed to the appropriate service. So it was easily identifiable as a big problem that, that we needed to improve on. And I think probably a lot of practices find themselves in that position with demand and capacity and demand outstripping capacity. Um, just out of interest, was there any tools that the GPIP programme provided for you to maybe unpick some of that? And was the facilitator how, able to help you look at that information that comes out of that tool? Yes, absolutely. So the GPIP programme introduces a lot of QI tools, um, which are really helpful So one that the facilitators really suggested um, could be beneficial was process mapping. So in the very early stages of taking on this project and introducing it to the the reception and uh, GP teams, we got the team together to run a process mapping session where we had GPs and we had reception team and we um, mapped the process of a patient journey when it comes to booking an appointment. And we were able to look at where the problems are in that and what the potential solutions could be so that the outcome was always the patient gets the right advice rather than the patients being sent away and joining that list of 200 people that have been turned away. Brilliant. So it sounds like it was a a really useful process to bring the GPs and reception team together. How did that affect um, the team morale and how working together? um, Yeah, how did it affect the team morale? It was really positive because I think for the GPs, they never see the receptionists part of the journey. They know it's happening, but they don't necessarily know how it's happening and how many steps are involved in their process. Likewise, the reception team are conscious that the GPs are getting these lists and patients being added and they're getting longer and longer, but maybe not fully understanding their part of the journey either. And it was really great. There was a really strong, um, positive conversation between the two teams that really led to a really sort of mutual understanding of of each other's role in the journey and and the pressures that each member of the team are up against. So I think they came away feeling a bit more connected and a bit more like a full team unit rather than two separate teams. That's brilliant. Fantastic to bring the teams together. So when you looked at the process mapping, were there really clear indicators of where there were things 
either blocking or not working and if there were could you just is there any you could just reflect on that might be useful for everybody to hear yes absolutely so one of the the first blocks that really came up was that we our appointments fully book for the day very quickly and that pressure of having no appointments left and more phone calls coming in meant that the reception team were often when a patient calls in and asks for an appointment they were saying I'm really sorry we don't have any could you call back tomorrow rather than exploring the issue and seeing if they could be signposted to another service so they're still being directed to somewhere where they can receive care like a pharmacy a minor illness unit or or even some of our other other staff like our um, advanced nurse practitioner at the time our specialist practitioners and our clinical pharmacists So it was a really quick way to identify that maybe even when the GP appointments are fully booked, we still need to be exploring what people are phoning in with. So the process, rather than stopping at, sorry, we've got no appointments, was becoming a longer process of, well, how can I help you? How long have you had your symptoms? Maybe I can find you some support somewhere else. And did the GPIP programme offer training to the reception team around um, undertaking that signposting exercise or is that something the practice um, uh, explored? We explored that ourselves, um, but one really great thing that GPIP suggested was getting the teams together to try and find out their shared purpose or try to create a shared purpose within our team. So we had a meeting with the reception team where we asked them all, to be very honest and very blunt, why do you work here? And there was no answer off limit. They could say, I'm here because I need the money. I'm here because it's close to home. That was fine. But we really wanted everybody to put forward so that we could create a shared purpose, which is another one of the QI tools that they explore in GPIP and gave us the inspiration to do that. And what we found out was actually most of our reception team are here because they want to deliver good patient care. Um, so we we did that process. We created a shared um, purpose, which came out as something along the lines of um, getting the patients the right care from the right clinician as soon as possible, whilst maintaining high morale within the team. And um, the GPs, the GP partners, actually did the same um, same process on their own, and their shared purpose was almost identical to ours. And that created a really another really great bond between the two teams because we realised actually our job roles are very different, but we're all here to do the same thing. And um, I'm not sure we would have explored that if I hadn't done GPIP. So that was a real, a real positive for our team. And it's amazing that they both came out with really similar goals. Um, out of interest, is that published anywhere? Is that in like a patient charter or is it in staff contracts? Is there is there some is there somewhere where that shared goal is or that shared purpose is um, shared? We use it a lot. We go back to it a lot when we're going forward with other new projects as a sort of reminder. Um, and it really forms sort of our, our reception team culture is that we're all working towards the same shared purpose. So it sort of sits within within the team. Okay, 
Fantastic. Um, just while we, you were chatting about signposting and the reception ex receptionist exploring maybe other options that patients could access, I wonder, has there been any work done with your uh, with a patient um, group and how that's been received by patients? Because I think there's some misconception around receptionists that feel like they're asking loads of questions when actually all they're trying to do is get them in the right place. Um, and I just wondered if there's been any work done with your patients patient groups around this and how the GPIP programme or the facilitator supported the practice around that? Yeah, so GPIP came up with a lot of um, a lot of ideas. So one thing that we did as a very simple change was we changed our telephone message on, on the phone to be rather than a recorded robot voice, we had our senior GP partner. And in that message, he explains our, you know, our team are going to ask you questions. This is so that they can direct you to the most appropriate clinician or service for your problem. We also made a series of videos that we put on our website and on Facebook that has different members of the team explaining their role and why they might be the most appropriate. So we have our GP senior partner, we have a clinical pharmacist, our paramedic practitioners, our practice nurse and the reception team. And we put that out and we play it in our waiting rooms to um, to explain to the patients who who these clinicians are, who these services are, put a face to their names and their job titles to make them have a bit more trust in, in the team and to see us as a whole team. And GPIP was very good at sort of that constant reminder that, you know, you are you are a team and it's important to make that visible to the patients and to make sure that all your sort of key stakeholders your key members of the team are getting involved in that and that really worked really well with with the videos and having members of all the clinical teams getting involved with that brilliant um so if you could look at what one difference it's made or maybe let's not stick to one let's stick to if, if you've got a few so what if you want to just describe what difference has it made to you as a practice so Obviously, like I said at the start, when we started the project, we were turning away around 200 patients a week without offering them an appointment or, or a solution through signposting. Um, over the course of doing GPIP, which was over six months, we dropped that number from 200 to 50 patients being turned away a week. So we saw a huge drop. And I think even now we're still seeing that drop because one of the other differences is that the reception team have improved their signposting skills and that's given them more confidence and one thing that we're also seeing is not only are we turning away less people but we've seen less um, patients being added onto the gp duty doctor list so we're able to sort of see there that perhaps by diverting patients to a more appropriate service or clinician the gps aren't taking on the burden of having extras added to the emergency list just as a place to to put people. So it's made a big difference to sort of staff morale and job load as well as as well as the patient experience of not being told no at, at first contact. So I can imagine it's probably had a really positive impact on job satisfaction for everybody, probably particularly receptionists, because it's quite challenging to have to continually say there's no appointments, but actually there's now alternatives that they can offer. Um, so out of all of the process, uh, 
What uh, learning is there, if any, that you would share with practices? And it would be really useful to also understand um, the role of the facilitator and how much they played within the uh, within this uh, and this project. Yeah, absolutely. So we with the facilitators, uh, you have four facilitators on the GPIT programme and you get assigned one of them as a mentor throughout the programme. So you've got one clear point of contact. So that was really helpful because throughout, not only did we have the actual sessions where we were meeting as a group, but I was able to contact my mentor in between to ask questions. Sometimes it was things like, I really want to do the process mapping, but I don't know how to find the time to get all the team together. And they were able to you know, suggest things like, well, can you pull in other people from other departments to support that while you have meetings and, and just have someone that you could soundboard off really. And sometimes the solutions were quite simple, but you almost needed somebody else to to share that with. So GPIP was great in that, really supportive. Um, I would say the main learning is that you need to identify really early on in the project the why of the project. Why are we doing this? And share that with the people that this project's going to affect so that they they know from the beginning why changes are being made and how it might, you know, how it might affect their role, but also so that you can gather their thoughts and ideas and they really feel like they've had their say in the in the process from the very beginning, rather than just implementing something new and then expecting them to do it, which was a mistake that we've made at this practice with another project. Um, and GPIP had a whole section on explaining how you needed to sell your story, you know, to the team. It's almost like the story of why we're doing this. And that was really helpful. And that's seen really positive interactions between us as management and the rest of the team. We, I, I just feel like we really get everyone on board now. And so we move forward much, much better and with everybody on board. So much more cohesive team and everybody wants to, which everybody wants to be part of. And actually, like you say, if you get everyone in from the beginning, everyone feels like they've owned the project and had an influence within that. So I think that's really positive. Um, if you mentioned that the project was over six months, if you, I don't know if you can, but could you roughly say how much time you spent during that six months on this? I mean, it sounds like it's been a really, really positive outcome for the practice and we'll have positive outcomes for other projects going forward. But I think it would be useful to understand just for this one project, how much time you spent on it and how much support you think you got from GPIP and the national team. Yeah, absolutely. So the GPIP programme goes over six months and you have within that six months, you have six whole days with the team and the facilitators. The project doesn't need to be completed within that six months. And the facilitators are very clear about they understand that it could be ongoing. Um, so that really varies um, in between those sessions. It's hard to really say how much time was spent. There were probably probably about four or five team meetings over that time of probably about an hour each. And then also the training and, and things like that. But the uh, the facilitators check in with you three months after GPIP to see where you're at with the project, to see if you need more support or any more guidance or, or anything like that. And that was really helpful. So I would say... Yeah, it's hard to put an exact time on it, 
Uh, and, um, I, and I think it's probably worth well. noting, it's probably worth noting that actually you were an early adopter of this. So the, uh, it sounds like the um, programme has um, adapted and slightly changed over the time that since you um, undertook this. And, and when was that you undertook this? How, how long ago was it? It was, so I think I started in October 2021 and then it finished around February, March 2022. So we're looking at it being two years ago since I started okay. it now. So it probably has adapted and, and moved yeah. on with it. So I think there's been some iterations over the last few months, uh, last sort of couple of years. As I mentioned, Zoe, when she talks about the pro the program, um, does talk about that this has been there's been a transformation offer from NHS England, but has had different forms of such. So, um, I think that's been really fascinating. It sounds like the GPIP program can offer tools, particularly around demand and capacity, for you to look at it, to look at it in your practice, um, and to unpick it and process map where the blockages are to bring your team together. It sounds like this had a really positive impact on the team and working together and understanding that shared purpose. I think it's great that you came up with, um, both teams came up with a really similar uh, shared purpose and also um, in making the role more interesting and becoming signposters and adapting that role and giving job satisfaction to everybody sounds like um, has been an outcome of this uh, of the process that you've been through. Is there anything else you would add into that? I would just say that it's been really invaluable for the, the tools and the support. So care navigation and active signposting is kind of ongoing as more services become available and more clinicians come available. So it feels like a project that probably will never end. It will just continue to adapt. But now that we've pretty much implemented it and, and we're just updating as we go, I've been able to now move on to other new projects. And although I haven't got the GPIP programme running alongside these projects, I'm absolutely using the tools that I learned when I did it in new projects that are benefiting other aspects of, of the surgery as well. So yeah, it was absolutely worth doing. Brilliant. Thanks, Amelia. It's been really fascinating to hear what you've done in your practice. And it sounds like it's been a really positive outcome, not just for the team, but also patients, because actually patients are now, like you say, you had a 200 um, patients potentially being turned away. This is now reduced to around about 50, but you think even more. So it's been a really good outcome for all. And thank you for your time today to talk it through. Um, we hope that everybody's found this useful. If you've got any questions in relation to this um, podcast, please do contact um, the team. Our on our office email which is office at wessexlmcs.org.uk and thank you for listening. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.